0: get rid of your credit card debt get a lower monthly payment and skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com nmls number 65084 equal housing lender you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to save thousands with savewithconrad.com find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com Words are about to be spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by the podcast seed and ad free Shows Network. I, of course, am John Alba, joined us am every single week by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy from Chi-Town. Good to see you, my friend. How's everything yeah. going for you? Uh, good. I am in
1: the Windy City, and it's a big night, and I don't, Dynamite, we're recording this on our normal schedule, obviously, on Wednesday morning. And uh, tonight is the Hardys versus the Guns, Blood Brothers versus Blood Brothers. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. How you feeling about going through yet another team here where you've worked against their father? I feel like this is becoming a reoccurring theme now.
1: Uh, it is. Yeah. We're up to, to nine now, I think, that I've worked nine father and son combos, which is intriguing. Interesting. Um, I, 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 I'm enjoying it, and I, I had a little taste of the guns at, uh, at Double or Nothing, obviously. So uh, really looking forward to this match, and, and uh, this is an important match for Jeff and I where we're going to make a statement like, hey, the Hardys are still in the running, and we're going to use them as a stepping stone to start moving towards the AW World Tag Team titles. That is that is our mission in this match tonight.
0: Yeah, you know, the the guns aren't exactly the Ken Griffey Jr. to Billy Gunn's Ken Griffey, if you're you're picking up what I'm putting down here. I think the the ass boys got to prove a little more than what they think they've proven so far during their AW tenure. But I know you have said to me, uh, even privately, they have impressed you with some of their intangibles. I feel like for years, it was always like, Billy Gunn's the most athletic wrestler in all of WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, (laughs) uh, he's a future champion. Uh, What kind of characteristics and intangibles have you seen them bring to the table so far
1: i, I mean they, they they definitely his dna was passed down to those two those two guys are both very very athletic they were uh deceptively faster than i thought they were going to be you know and it's it's one of those things I, I'm, I'm used to working with faster talent as i've been around for a minute you know 31 years deep uh but they were both very very fast very explosive very sudden and uh they, they both have really good heads on their shoulders when it comes to the wrestling game
0: yeah uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun match I'm, I'm excited to see if that does get you back on those ways of what like you said you and jeff are trying to prove to everyone that you've got another run here in you how has jeff been feeling now in the month plus that he's been back on the road and acclimating back into the daily grind of this
1: uh he has been good uh he's he's doing really well i'm proud of him and uh he's he's like on top of his shit so very proud of jeff and uh, he's excited for this match tonight and I know too, he's excited because he flew in this morning and he could do that in Chicago. So he, he likes he likes hanging at home with his family as much as he possibly can. But we are ready for a uh, a big special night tonight. Hardy's horse guns. It's gonna be a, gonna be a fun match.
0: That's great. You guys have a great Father's Day? I did.
1: It was uh very, very good. Uh, hung out with the kids all day long, went out to a very nice dinner and just uh just really daddied it up, you know, more than anything, which uh, which I love doing. I just love being at home and I love being Dada, and I love hanging with my kids, and on Father's Day, it was real nice. They were all so sweet and so thoughtful, and uh, I enjoy the hell out
0: of it. I was going to say, there's a difference between Dada, Matt Hardy, and Daddy, Matt Hardy, if you're you're following what I'm saying. Again, if you're picking up what I'm putting down there, Matt yeah. Hardy. But, but I know that your favorite role, as you said in last week's Matt Fact, is Dada. I saw Rebby's TikTok. That was awesome, with the kids did for you again to spend some time. We had a pretty emotional episode last week about fatherhood and, and your father, Gilbert Hardy. I got a ton of DMs about it. What was the reception you got?
1: Uh, very good. I mean, overwhelmingly positive. And it's, it's one of those things, if you happen to come across this podcast and you hear it, um, I would love for you to go back and listen to this Father's Day episode that we did because I think there's a lot in last week's podcast that will resonate with people, whether you are a son, uh, of a father or a daughter of a, of a father, or if you're a father yourself, I, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that would resonate. And it, it was very much, I was speaking from my heart, speaking from my soul and every single word I said came out very legitimate. And, and it, it, it truly, it truly came from the core of my being. I mean, being, being a dad, that's my most important title. And it's my most important job in life too.
0: Always appreciate your transparency and honesty and, We had several people say that hearing you talk about losing your mother and how you guys were able to get through that and how strong your father was, that it, it really hit with them. So I'm glad to hear that they did. As I say every week, I think this is the most real and transparent wrestling podcast out there. You can hear Matt and I do episodes like that, like our episode on mental health and addiction, all that available in our archives at Extreme hardy.com i'm uh, this week we did see the debut of aw collision on saturday night good number eight hundred sixteen thousand. i think that surpassed what some of the expectations were for the debut episode cm punk returning andrade your frenemy getting back in the ring as well miro what'd you make of the debut episode of collision and its presentation
1: i i didn't get to see the entire thing i watched quite a bit of it though but I, I thought it was solid I liked how it looked different it had a different feel from Dynamite and I, I think that is going to be part of Collision's success is that it, it looks very different from Dynamite I think those those shows need to have two different identi- identities I think Dynamite has a an identity and then Collision has a different identity and I, I think there's something special there and then eventually you can have a you know you can have the the World Series between those two
0: you know I noticed yeah. no Jose with Andrade I think he might have been Taken to the curb, man. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Maybe so. Maybe.
0: I, I couldn't happen to a better guy, right? Yeah. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> Jose, the assistant. I know Jose still listening. Are, are you on, are you and Andrade on, on good terms these days? Have you hashed out your business disputes that you had back in the day? Yeah. I think we're
1: all right. We, we kind of put money to the side.
0: Yeah. We're okay. Just making sure, just, just yeah. checking in on that. Uh, there was another thing that happened in, wrestling this week it's just something that you and i have talked a lot about on this podcast so i may as well ask you about it <laughs> the bloodline officially no more matt hardy the usos who you said you think are going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time uh, they officially separate from the bloodline jay uso turning on roman reigns now we have bloodline civil war going down at their money in the bank show uh, it's a story that a lot of people have been watching what do you think about jay finally standing up for himself there
1: I, I saw this clip on socials and I thought it was done really well. I mean, once again, I'll I'll continue to say this uh, because I, I do agree. I think it's, a, you know, a, an amazing story in pro wrestling. And I think they've done just a tremendous job storytelling with the bloodline. I, I think from the whole thing, from Roman's dominant reign to the Usos being subservient to him to eventually realizing he's using them and then coming out and now stepping up against him into the Civil War, I, I just think the whole... The story has been extremely compelling, and, uh, and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Watching it from afar, I've enjoyed it.
0: There was another thing that happened, too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because I don't think I've ever even asked you about this. So Logan Paul is going to be in their Money in the Bank match. And as we know, Logan Paul has come in, and he has been as good, if not better than any celebrity that has ever stepped foot. Right. in the And he is going right into this Money in the Bank match after having a world title match with Roman Reigns last fall. I'm curious, hypothetically speaking, I know you're not in the WWE locker room, but how do wrestlers feel about that sort of thing happening? You know, he, he is taking a spot from someone who's out there on the grind every single week, but at the same time, it's kind of undeniable how good he's been and the presence that he brings with him.
1: I mean, it's business, and it it happens. It's just uh, it's how the business works. I don't mind it at all. If it uh is beneficial for their business. And I don't agree with it. I mean, even like when part-timers would come in and do a big appearance or the rock would come back, you know, some people would, you know, bitch and moan and complain, but you know, it's, it's good for business. And and usually they typically do what is, what is best for business in their eyes. So I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm fine with the, the Logan Paul and money in the bank.
0: And it's undeniable that they bring eyes to the product as well, especially someone who has that demographic impact, the likes that, Logan Paul and his brother Jake Paul have, whether you like him or not. Sometimes people want to tune in to see someone get the crap beat out of them. That's just how pro wrestling goes. Uh, You've been on the end of that. It's part of the magic of pro wrestling. (laughs) You've definitely been on the receiving end of that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on today's edition of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, because we have a very special guest with us. Well, Matt Hardy, I think it's about that time. Without further ado, please. Hit us with that mad fact.
1: Mad fact. Matt knew Adam Cole was special immediately.
0: Immediately? Why did you know he was special immediately?
1: Uh, well, I knew he was special because after I was pitched the idea to come into ROH and do a little program with him, I, I went back and watched some of his stuff. And there's just something special about him. You can see it. also Kyle O'Reilly, whenever they were doing – The tag team stuff then, you could tell he was also very special. But uh, Adam, right from the jump, you could tell that he had had it. You know, there was something in him that was going to make him into a special talent one day.
0: So special that, hypothetically speaking, if he were in the same hotel as you, working for the same company as you, you'd want to have him on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, perhaps?
1: Well, I mean, here at The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, that's how we roll. With that said, we would like to roll in. Adam look Cole,
0: at that baby. Look at, that, look at that oh, What's up, Holy guys? moly. Look at that. We got Adam Cole, baby, on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. That's how he
2: rolls. That's how I roll. Matt that said it best.
0: Matt said best. Is, what a surprise. How you doing, man? Thanks for hopping on with us. I'm doing great, of course. Uh, I, I, again, anytime
2: I get the chance to, to chat with Matt, it's always great. And of course, with you, John, as well. So, yeah, this will be fun. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited to be back in the ring.
0: Matt, I interviewed Adam Cole for Fight maybe three weeks ago. And I was like, mm-hmm. afterwards, we were talking. I was like, man, we, we got to get you on the Hardy podcast. He's like, you tell me when, you tell me that. Like, I am there. Yes. I'm ready maybe for in that. the time and the place. I'll be there. <laughs> oh man, I mean, did you grow up watching the Hardys? Were they one of your groups of guys that you connected with instantly? Oh my
2: God, yeah, uh, of course. Whether it be, um, so I, I actually started like religiously watching pro wrestling in 1999. So it was like right around the time when these ladder matches really started exploding and, and they were stealing the show at WrestleMania and things like that. But a huge fan of the Hardys, um, so much so that I had all the VHS, all the DVDs. I read the book multiple times. Uh, huge, huge fan of them growing up for sure. I
1: mean, 1999 was a good year because that was our nascent. That's when we, re- we really took off. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: The Tag Team Ladder Match from No Mercy 1999 is the first episode of this podcast. It's the first thing that we covered. When you saw that match, Adam, what was it about them that you just gravitated to? Uh, To me, I I had just never seen
2: a pro wrestling match uh, at that point in my life with so many death-defying maneuvers going on. Again, everything was just – everything looked – so dangerous, and it was the, the first time I ever, watching a match, had to almost turn away sometimes because I was I was so afraid something horrible was going to happen. So I was just so, b- between being so captivated by the athleticism and the risk-taking, I mean, the audience investment, if you go back and watch, it's like the epitome of friends looking over their shoulder, talking to their friends going, can you believe that this is happening? It was like they had never seen anything like it before. And that I felt the exact same way sitting at home watching it.
0: Did you sense that, Matt, during the match that fans were doing just what he described in disbelief at what they were seeing?
1: <laughs> you know, I don't know if I sensed it during the match. I don't think any any of the four of us realized how big of a deal that match was going to end up being. We realized it was important. We realized it was a, a a crucial opportunity that we got to really show our stuff and do something different and kind of like blaze our own path. Um, but I don't think we knew it would it would be as important as it was right then and there. But like going back and watching, I, I do see that. And I do sense that. I mean, we were very present in the moment and we were just going out there trying to to give our best performance. And, and I know one thing that really resonated with everybody in the match was just how the crowd continued to up the applause after every single spot. It got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that, that felt very special. And we knew, like, oh, man, we, we hit a grand slam. So we, we felt very good about that. And even when we came back, and I said this in the first podcast, Stone Cold Steve Austin said, you know, well, hell, he said, you guys stole the show tonight. Ain't no top of that. Yeah. You know, and, like, what a, what a compliment that is to get. So at, at the time, we were present in the moment, and I think we were, we were very much living for the moment. So I don't think we realized the ramifications this match would have on our career, but it is a big deal. Looking back in hindsight now, I can see what Adam is describe, describing and how people did that.
0: Do you get that sense in matches today, Adam? I mean, you've had so many classics on your match card and on your resume, and you've elicited those reactions. I I remember I was in person for the two out of three falls match with you and Johnny Gargano in New York. And I remember turning to my friends and saying, I think this is one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. Do you sense that in your matches? It's, it's so interesting is Matt couldn't have said it better uh, because you're so focused
2: on the task at hand that you're not right. even really there there are times where I'm so uh, laser focused on what I'm supposed to do and having a good performance that sometimes I can barely even hear the crowd where it'll be one of those things where afterwards you know people will mention oh my god the crowd was so fired up at this point point. and I'm like I don't remember it I, I'm, I'm just right. so focused on again doing what I'm supposed to do so similar to what Matt's said Uh, i I don't think i've ever or it's been very rare where i've been in there especially in a big match situation and gone oh this is going to be one that people are going to remember for a long time uh it's just one of those things where you try to do it to the best of your ability and and you hope people enjoy it more importantly you hope people remember it
0: matt having adam cole back and healthy and working more frequently again what does that do for AEW stock? Because I know you think very highly of him and what he brings to the table for your guy's company.
1: I mean, it's a it's a huge W, no doubt about it. I mean, just to, to have Adam Cole come to AEW and the way they did their debuts, too, with the double debut whenever he showed up and and also uh, Brian. So it, that, that was great. But just to have him back and 100 percent healthy and, and more important than even the wrestling uh aspect of it i'm just happy to have him healthy as a human being because he is legitimately one of the best human beings you will ever meet in your life you know so that's great just have him back and have him healthy but as far as an entertainer and a performer for aaw i mean he's he's the best of the best so he is a a huge asset to all elite wrestling
0: i mean that's a pretty big compliment from a guy you grew up watching there (laughs) adam that's uh (laughs) I mean, getting a chance to work alongside a guy like Matt at this stage in his career where, you know, he is now working with other talent and trying to enhance them. What have you seen, Adam, in terms of how Matt has evolved from when you first worked with him 10 years ago back in Ring of Honor? Well, what's so interesting to me is how how much benefit
2: um, uh, Matt Hardy brings to literally any wrestling company. Like I I first met Matt when I was 19 years old. He probably doesn't even uh, remember this. It was at a Maryland championship wrestling show. And it was just very quickly in passing. But uh, Matt was just as friendly then as he is now. And not only friendly, but very giving with advice and input and being able, able to help younger guys who haven't maybe had the chance to work on television as much. Or, or literally ping pong an idea off of Matt, he's always been so available and so open. And I just see it now even more so than ever, uh, his ability again to educate a lot of these guys on our roster and, and teach them certain aspects of wrestling on television and just going out there and performing. Uh, be, because again, when you, when you look at Matt and Jeff and, and how uh, absolutely credible and amazing they have been their entire careers. And not only have they never lost it, but they're constantly, evolving and changing uh, depending on what what company they're with or what what character they are but at the end of the day you know when you get matt hardy you're going to get the absolute best of the best so uh i think matt has done just an amazing job again helping guys like me helping tons of other younger talent in aew he's a he's an a plus acquisition for sure
0: thank you yeah 19 I mean, I years know. old mcw yep you remember it matt <laughs> Uh, um
2: I, i'm not 100 percent sure i it, do remember it was just in <laughs> passing but but i remember because matt was like the first at that point I was wrestling on the independence um and and matt was the first like big star that i that i met or was on a show with so i remember being so so nervous and thinking like oh god i don't want to mess anything up i don't wa- i don't want to say anything stupid i'm just gonna quickly go up and say hi and hopefully i don't offend him or upset him and then you get to know him and it's like, oh, my God, it, he's Matt Hardy. He's traveled the globe. He's been an absolute rock star for years and years and years. And of course, he's friendly. Of course, he's nice. So it like it did in the back of my mind uh, remind me how important it is to treat people with respect. Uh, because, again, Matt's interaction with me and then Matt's interaction with a guy he knew for 10 years. Um, he gave me the same smile he gave the guy he knew for 10 years. So I, I just I loved to Appreciate that about him. But He's still that way.
1: And, and, and I do agree with what you said there. There's a lot of equity that goes into professional wrestlers being kind as people. Yep. If you're talking to other up-and-coming wrestlers or fans or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're one of the ones who do that better than anyone. So uh, that 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 is very accurate in saying that. It goes a long ways. It's really important.
0: You get into Ring of Honor, Matt, you know, around 2012 here, and you're starting to dip your toes into a pool that, You haven't dealt with a fan base like that at that level, maybe even ever in your career. There was a lot of uh, intensity with that Ring of Honor fan base. And one of your first major programs is with a guy named Adam Cole. And you guys wrestle at Final Battle 2012 at the Hammerstein Ballroom, iconic wrestling venue. And yeah, sorry, Adam Cole, but uh, Matt Hardy did get the best of you in that particular outing. But Matt, you've mentioned to me privately that that feud in particular gave you a little extra something as you were trying to get back into the fold. How how was that the case for you?
1: It did. Uh, I would even like to go into first. It's uh, pretty ironic. Do you know who set all this up and actually booked me for this, John? Who? Uh, Jim Cornette. Imagine that.
2: How about uh, that?
1: You know, uh, he, he had said, hey, you know, I know I see you're wrestling some on the Indies now. You're kind of dipping your toe back in the water. So. I'd, I'd love to have you come. And there's this kid, Adam Cole, you should check out some of the stuff. I think he's got a ton of potential. I could see you doing a promo and say, oh, you remind me of Matt Hardy, but you can never be Matt Hardy, you know, and then we could do a thing and then we'll go to final battle and you guys have a match. And, but yeah, he he was he was all behind it and he was the one who started that. So I, I do appreciate Jim in, in that aspect for booking me for that deal. And I was very nervous about going there and, and something that I had told you, and, and I don't think I'd express this openly to Adam, but like that was a point in time where after my body kind of broke down towards the end of my WWE run, and I realized I had to change my style. You know, mm-hmm. when you're doing indies, it's different because there's not the pressure of like TV yeah. wrestling or pay-per-view wrestling, or you're not wrestling on a on a huge platform where you have to deliver a, a certain standard of product. I was very nervous about that final battle match because I, I lacked confidence because I was like, I have to change kind of how I work in my work style. But you were the perfect guy to work with because you you made me feel confident during that match. And and that match at Final Battle is really what kind of set me on the path to, like, be okay and understand that I can work differently. I don't have to be, you know, Hardy Boys Extreme style all the time and be okay to continue to work
2: in pro wrestling. That's so awesome. Because from from my perspective, um, God, just standing in the ring while while Matt was coming down, uh, down the ramp at the Hammerstein Ballroom and the fans being as riled up as they were, at that point in my career, I had never – like been in an atmosphere or an environment like that and I was like oh my god this is exactly what pro wrestling's all about like it was it was so so cool whether um, Matt intentionally tried to teach me certain things or not but just like the, the the presence and the time that he took and the investment the audience had throughout that whole match was so educational for me and again very beneficial as well because um, I I won't jump into it yet but uh a little bit down the line when we worked together that's when i really 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 learned a lot from matt and that, and, that as, a, as a unit yeah
1: and 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 that too that crowd like i covet crowds like yeah. that they were yeah. so great you the know and, and i knew and jim 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 Cornette. i mean he was on the pulse of that he knew that i would get booed because people were going to they were going to judge me on my dark time you know so that that's when i came there i knew i was going to have that and what a what a great gift that was on my side as far as being a hill and getting heat, whatever. And that just obviously helps our issue out so much and makes him super babyface when they want to see him whip my ass because they they they, they loathe me. They can't stand me. I made those people livid. And then it's so crazy looking back at that moment, coming out and wrestling him at Final Battle. And then you fast forward to like 2017 when myself and Jeff show back up in the same venue in the same city. And yep. like, we're the most beloved figures ever. I mean, that once again, that is the magic of pro wrestling. Yep.
0: Adam, what kind of credibility did standing across the ring from Matt Hardy in that venue add to you at that juncture in your career? It was
2: massive. I I think to that point, without question, it was the most important thing to uh, my legitimacy at that point in my career, for sure. Because at that point in Ring of Honor, I, I was very, very lucky where I started in Ring of Honor very early in my career. I think... I signed my contract with them when i was like 20 years old like i wasn't even 21 yet so that was a real big deal for me and getting to travel all across the country and start to kind of go overseas here and there but but at that point i hadn't really i don't want to say gained the respect of the ring of honor audience but but they were still kind of warming up to me it was this like oh here comes adam cole we know we'll get a a solid match but they weren't like Oh my God! Let's sprint to the merch table to buy a T-shirt. Like I wasn't on, on that level yet. And, and working with Matt at a final battle in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Aside from the uh, from the fact that Matt was such an excellent heel uh, for my like up and coming uh, upstart babyface. In, in addition to that, again, just just his name value and being on on such a big card like that for ROH. Final battle is the is the biggest show of the year for Ring of Honor. And then at the time, Hammerstein Ballroom was the the biggest and best venue that that we would run. So. Um, Yeah, it was huge for me, both both, um, as far as public perception and it's interesting that Matt brought up confidence because uh, working with Matt really helped my confidence as well. I was like incredibly insecure and nervous and and there still is to some extent. There's always that battle of like, oh, God, I want to do good. I don't want to screw up. But but working with Matt really kind of kicked things into gear for me as far as believing in myself a little
0: bit more. I think it's interesting, Matt, because. The two of you throughout that two to three year time period, 2012, 2014, we're talking, you both grew exponentially in different ways. You know, Matt, you kind of found this new side of yourself that got you back on the right track and eventually into TNA, where we know Broken Matt would then stem from on into WWE. It all kind of traces back to that growth period in Ring of Honor, whereas Adam Cole during that time period, that three year time period develops into one of the top up and comers in all of the industry. What kind of growth did you see from each other? I'd love to hear each of your perspectives during that period, eventually into you guys teaming as members of the kingdom together.
1: I I felt like it got me back on the right track. It, it, it allowed me to know that I could have a second chapter in my career and work differently and work smarter and protect myself. And 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 I, I really kind of felt my way through that by working with Adam right from the jump
2: yeah and the the two things for me um and these are things that that i've said to matt before and i will say this to to anybody else but first and foremost is early on in this portion of my career it was the first time i was getting a real chance when me and matt started teaming together to work as a heel i had been a babyface pretty much my entire career on as as far as mainstream or top independents go i had tried working heel before at smaller shows but this was the my biggest shot at, at being a heel and matt taught me so much specifically with the ROH audience of things to do, ways to act, uh, things to say, uh, to really get under the skin uh, of the ROH audience. But second and most importantly, um, and again, this is just to reiterate the type of guy that he is, but I I remember there were multiple occasions where me and Matt would be together. Sometimes also Mike Bennett and Maria were, were working with us as well, but there would be times where I instinctually would like stand behind him because he's Matt Hardy uh, and, and I want to give him the the front and center stage. And Matt always would go out of his way to find every little scenario to make me seem like the centerpiece of the group. And that was never discussed. It was like Matt just knew that's what he wanted to do. And he he didn't have to do that. If, if, if Matt wanted to stand in the center and be the main guy of the group, uh, very, very easily that would have happened and I would have had no issue with it whatsoever. But for for Matt to so on purpose go out of his way to really kind of build me up and my legacy as ROH champion at the time. Uh was so cool and so uh again, just such a great perspective on on a mentality to have in the pro wrestling business that I've I've told him multiple times and I'll continue to say it just it helped me more than than you'll ever realize. It really did.
1: And and that definitely was by design. I mean yep. that that was my that was my job there. My job was to elevate you, especially when they were working on making you the, the top hill in yeah. the company. And, and and you got to kind of piggyback off whatever heat I had and hopefully put more heat on you. Yeah. So I, I, I knew what my role was. And, and also, too, that, that story I've told you uh, about when Vince McMahon told Taker that time, he said, well, I don't care what you do. He said, but the finish is going to be Matt Hardy pinning you. Yeah. I mean, there, there comes a time in your life where, you know, there's young talent and you have to elevate them. And that's your job. And, and you just accept that. And then you roll with it. And you can still you can still win in that scenario and get yourself over as well. And and that's something I feel like I've been pretty good at doing my career.
0: I think that's my favorite thing about a lot of pro athletes as they take on new roles later in their career, you know, take Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony was a superstar in his own right. And then it looked like he was going to be out of the league, but he recognized, okay, I need to adapt. I need to redesign my style of play. He becomes a bench piece who helps other people develop. And thus he adds five extra years onto his career. And I think there is a translatable element of that in professional wrestling, but it happened all during this amazing period of growth. Adam, Matt and I just talked about this. We did an episode on your mutual friend, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, and the level of talent at that time in ring of honor, PWG, the indie circuit, it was this transformative period of time that led us to where we are in pro wrestling right now. Can you provide some context from your perspective, Adam, what it was like performing during that period of time with the guys we just mentioned, the Young Bucks, uh, Sami Zayn, El Generico, et cetera?
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, so so looking back on it now, um, and, and even then it felt like it was a really special time, but now looking back on it, I mean, it's so obvious. Again, the roster from top to bottom was just stacked with some of the, the best talent in the entire world. Like from, from opening card match uh, to the main event, every single spot on that card was filled with some of the best guys uh, on the planet. And, and getting to learn from and work with some of these guys is also absolutely incredible for me. I mean, and when you think about the influence that ROH had, I mean, in, in many ways, um, the the more recent version of NXT, that black and gold era of NXT, very much was was the core of what Ring of Honor was built on in a lot of ways. And and that got the chance to be seen under the WWE umbrella. So I, I think the the impact that was made and how special it was did feel very real at the time. But but oh my God, now looking back on it, it, it really was like the golden age of independent wrestling in a lot of ways. The
1: the the Ring of Honor influence was monstrous. Yeah. yeah. Especially to today's wrestling. And if you look back in those years you're talking about like look where all those guys ended up going. Yep. I mean it's it's crazy how big a Big of stars, all of those guys ended up becoming.
0: Yeah, and, and on top of that, Matt, all of those guys that we just mentioned had some type of stigma attached to them, right? Kevin Steen, he doesn't look like your traditional pro wrestler. A guy like him shouldn't be doing what he does. Oh, he's got to lose some weight. Uh, El Generico, oh, he's got to take the mask off. How's he going to connect without a mask, e- Etc. All of the, the young bucks, they just do flips. Mm-hmm. But then here they are. They're now the biggest stars in the industry today. How did you embrace that challenge, Adam, in trying to prove that what you guys had, your intangibles, would help carry you guys much further in the industry than some of the naysayers suggested?
2: Sure, yeah, so um, in a strange way, Um, lots of times the way that I process stuff like that uh, the easiest is I literally just ignore it almost like where, for example, if we have a show in Chicago or Philadelphia or New York or California and it's, it's with ring of honor and we're traveling and that live crowd is having a great time uh, and they're really, really enjoying the show. And, and uh, you see people out in the crowd with your merch t-shirt on, it's like, okay, we are doing something right. And, and almost in, in some ways it felt like when, more criticism does start to come, that means you're almost doing something right. right? Like people are paying more attention to what you're doing. Now, at the same time, of course, there is like viable criticism that you could hear or listen to and go, hey, you know what? That's a good point. I I actually, maybe I will adjust this or maybe I will change that. But at the end of the day, uh, belief in yourself is the reason all of us got to where we got to. Um, If I would have listened to what people told me, I wouldn't have even trained to be a pro wrestler in the first place. I I heard I was uh, too small uh, when I was in middle school and high school, but I, but I wasn't going to let anyone, anyone change uh, my mind of just training to do what I love to do. And that's, and that's pro wrestling. So just, I guess doing your best to just ignore it and, and focus on the things that we are doing right. And, and the fans that we do have.
1: And I, I say this too, <clears throat> more than ever now, especially with the internet and social media and mm-hmm. the things people say, you know, like I say, you know, uh, the best thing about social media, it gives everyone a voice. The worst thing about social yeah. media, it gives everyone a voice. Yeah, right. and, and just really, if you have like a, a dream or a goal or aspiration and you want to do something, you really do. You just have to block that out mm-hmm. because everyone is so opinionated. And, and and at the end of the day, it's a real person typing that unless it's a bot. But, you know, like. It's, it's not real. It doesn't affect your reality and you just have to be confident in yourself and you kind of have to just zone and, and push all that out of the way. Just get rid of the noise and yeah. you have to focus in and do what you want to do. It's up to you to do it. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't focus on that chatter because that, that'll drive people crazy. And it makes me even, I, I worry about my kids coming up in that. So I'm going to do everything that I can to, to teach them to, you know, ignore that as much as possible.
2: For sure. For sure.
0: Matt Hardy, AW Forbidden Door coming up this weekend it's going to be the premium event in the pro wrestling world this week and i know there's a lot of people who probably waited until the very last minute to get tickets are are you a procrastinator in the sense like that because i know i am
1: i i am as well i cannot tell a lie matt hardy will not lie sometimes i procrastinate but fortunately game time is there to save me when i do
0: Oh boy, howdy are they! Because game time is the place to be for all your last minute ticket needs. All you got to do is download the game time app and enter that promo code Hardy in for $20 off your first purchase. $20 goes a long way when you're purchasing tickets, especially when you got all those concessions, you got parking to worry about. Those $20 will be valued in your pocket. I know. When I procrastinate, I get a little stressed out. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And hypothetically speaking, if you want to go to AW Forbidden Door, Game Time is going to help you get there by giving you the absolute best deals right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, wrestling, and much more. And the Game Time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you one hundred ten percent of the difference. How about that, Matt Hardy? That's amazing.
1: And uh as you said, game time, they have your back. If you need to get into an event, game time is the way to go.
0: And the tickets are sent directly to your phone. You don't gotta dig through your email. I know Here's a mad fact. Matt Hardy does not love digging through his email. I know that firsthand. That is
1: absolutely a mad fact.
0: (laughs) So he has the Game Time app. He uses the promo code Hardy, and the tickets get sent directly to him. I know it sounds like it's too good to be true, but I promise you that it is not. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Hardy for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem Code Hardy for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: Hey, guys. It's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. David Crockett and Conrad go day by day through June of 1985 and Jim Crockett promotions on the latest episode of the book, the month that
0: the grandson of a plumber arrived. June 30th, Cody Rhodes is going to be born. I mean, his dad is is wrestling with Tully Blanchard in Los Angeles and Dusty's got to hurry home and rush out of there and get home to Charlotte to see his wife, Michelle give birth. To the American Nightmare. It's a special day in Jim Crockett Promotions history. Jake the Snake Roberts chatted live with ad free shows members about his Hall of Fame career and a story about Ron Garvin you won't soon forget. You know, everybody's
1: got a tail, you know, so you know if they do that, that here, here comes his comeback. You know what Ronnie Garvin's tail was? His f- nipples would get hard. <laughs> 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 swear to God, man. <laughs> his nipples would get rock hard when his nipples got rock hard man he was coming to his feet and he's gonna beat your ass just a small taste, a sampling if you will, of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from, four, see for yourself why Ad3 Shows is the best value in wrestling today, sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. yeah
0: so, Matt, I'd love to hear from your perspective then, what is it intangible-wise that Adam Cole brings to the table that has allowed him to overcome some of those characteristics that may not be associated with the traditional professional wrestler that has allowed him to achieve the level of success he has so far?
1: I mean, it, it's it's funny because when, when you meet Adam and you talk to, to Adam Cole, the person or the human being, you're like, wow, this guy is... It has such great manners. He's so kind. He's so generous. And he would probably never admit this. But deep down, there is this very, uh, very huge confidence within him. And and you see him channel that whenever he goes out to the ring. And when that huge confidence comes out, he, he's just he's in control. And he he is the guy. He is the man. He has that within him. And that's probably something he would never confess to. And then on top of that, just He's, he's a great athlete. He he has a great mindset. He's he's very smart in how he puts things together. Also, he's a great promo and he understands how character stuff works. And, and, and he's been able to tie all that up into one very strong package. And regardless of how big you are or how small you are physically now, that, that really isn't even that important. I mean, wrestling has changed and Ring of Honor, I think, did a lot to change that standard in pro wrestling. You know, when Jeff and I were trying to get in with like Edge and Christian, you know, everybody was monsters then, you know, you're not going to make it if you're not six foot five, 350 pounds or six foot six or whatever, you know, it was the land of the giants back in the eighties and early nineties. So, you know, we were able to kind of break some of those barriers. And I think guys like Shawn Michaels, he, he did, he, he was a huge deal. He started breaking down those barriers and as time has gone on and you can see in ring of honor, there's guys that are so athletically talented and are very good from a character perspective and they can be smaller and they still get over and people will, spend money to buy their merch or spend money to come see them. And I think Adam Cole fits right into that category. And and it's a good thing that wrestling has changed like that, where size isn't the most critical issue now. Now the most critical issue is that you are a good character and you're a good performer more than anything else.
2: And I love too, when everyone looks different with different shapes and sizes and we have, you know, a giant and then someone who's maybe on the smaller side or someone a a little bit bigger or someone a little bit thinner. I, I, I love I love the, the uh, conglomerate of everything mixed together. Yes. Well,
0: I don't know if you heard. We, we have a very controversial take on this podcast, Adam Cole, that Matt Hardy and I both believe that Orange Cassidy is one of the best performers in the world. And uh, half of the Internet just can't handle that. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's- well, you, you, can, you can throw me uh, into that hat as well as far as agreeing with you guys. So he's unbelievable. unbelievable.
0: We call him the Orange Taker around here, but that, yeah. that's yeah. a whole other story for another time. Hero in <laughs> No, Matt, I'm not sure how familiar with the discourse you were, but Matt made a comparison between Orange Cassidy and The Undertaker, where he said that they both were the guys for their respective promoters. So Orange Cassidy became very dependable for Tony Khan to go out there and have a great match every week. And he said that was very similar to what Vince did with The Undertaker back in the day. Hey, you can go out there and have a great match every week. I know I can count on you to get the job done. Right. And uh, oof, the internet did not take kindly to that one. But cl- the, the cult of Cornette too, Matt, they uh, they loved it. They loved it. Let me tell you. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure you were keenly aware of that. Of You said something very interesting, and that was about connection and the promos, the little intricacies of your work. What I love when I watch Adam Cole, especially in a a, non-match, an in-ring segment, it's story time with Adam Cole, baby. And when you lay out that promo, there's a point A, there's a point B, and there's a point C. And through that promo that you lay out there, the crowd invest even more in your character. I'd love to know more about your process and how you go about making sure that you're forming that connection when you're cutting a promo. We love inside baseball talk here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. So could you give us a little insight onto that?
2: Yeah, so lots of times for me, um, especially if I know I have something coming up where I am gonna be speaking for a few minutes. And and like you said, I know that I do wanna tell that story. Lots of times I don't even think consciously about what i'm gonna say until like maybe 24 48 hours before um and then lots of times i I love watching tv with brit or great movies with brit and if i hear a line that i really really like i'll I'll jot it down in a note or Mm -hmm. i'm a big uh, video game guy as well and the stories told in, in video games now are just as good in some cases, if not better than a lot of movies and TV shows. So same thing, I'll write stuff down. But um lots of times I, I will have a general idea and bullet points of like what I think I'm going to say. And then oftentimes I will in my head over and over uh, imagine how I say it and I will change the inflection of words. Like sometimes uh, maybe I have this idea that I'm going to yell this one sentence. But then I decide, oh, no, actually, I think I'm going to say this a little bit softer and then yell the next line. And I'll just try all these different scenarios, all these different faces, but I'm doing this all uh, just in my head, just really, really thinking about it. So, so I, I put as much love and care into wanting to cut a good promo as I do um, wanting to have a good match a- as well. So it, it's always a, a, pro wrestling promos have always been so captivating to me um, ever since I was little. I used to love the uh, seeing the guys get on the microphone and talk trash or tell a story and I, again, I was just as invested in, in the promos as I was the matches. So it was really, really important to me that I, I did to the absolute best of my ability, treat promos with, with as much love and care as, as my matches.
0: Was it intimidating for you? And I know this may sound crazy in asking this, but you were in the ring with a guy in MJF who is considered one of the best of his generation on the microphone. And here you are in this career metamorphosis right now taking on this new edition of your character. Was there any sort of intimidation for you? And how did you go about combating that?
2: So um, there was a lot of excitement uh, going into this. So um, I don't know if intimidation is the right word but it very much felt like a sink or swim type of situation for me. Uh, which was really exciting. It was like, all right, listen, I'm I'm going to go toe-to-toe with, like you said, uh, what many consider and what I consider one of the best uh, talkers, one of the best guys of the generation in, in MJF. And either people are going to think I can hang with him or they're going to think that he ate me alive. And I loved that feeling of, of going out there and going, oh God, we'll see how this goes. So I, it was really exciting for me, actually, to, to be uh, tested in that way. And just to be able to show everybody that I'll, I'll go toe to toe with anybody on the microphone. So it was it was very, very exciting for me. But yeah, I definitely had some nerves and some butterflies going on. Those,
1: now, are, those, are, those are great scenarios to yeah. find yourself into. Yeah. They, they, they really push you to be the best you can possibly be. Yes, yes, for sure.
0: Matt, what do you think a program like MJF versus Adam Cole, which I've got a gut feeling isn't over just yet. What do you think a, a program like that does for your company, especially in these hot summer months?
1: I mean, I, I think it's beneficial because you have two guys who are obviously in the prime of their careers, and that's kind of what AEW is doing. We're trying to build guys that are in the prime of their career so that for the next five or six years, they can be cash cows for AEW. They can sell tickets. They can make money. They can move merchandise. You know, that's that's kind of where we're at. So I think to, to be able to pair two guys together, which, you know, Adam obviously is an AEW original. You know, MJF is. But two guys who are young in their prom, who are two of the top athletes and performers, also talkers, wrestlers, however, you, in all categories, performers. Uh, to 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 pair those guys together, it's it's a great program, and it's something that AEW fans are going to be excited about, and it gives them a reason to tune in each and every week.
0: And we're seeing this new side of you, as I, I just said, where it's it's good guy Adam Cole, and that's not something we're all that familiar with in AEW. You had told me a few weeks ago you we were still trying to dig your teeth into that how's that process been for you
2: it's been exciting and, and again seriously week by week it's it's felt more and more comfortable for me um, again like we had discussed previously it was very intimidating uh, because for a huge chunk of my career for like a decade I had been a, a heel on, on television in a lot of ways so to sort of be put in this babyface world or babyface situation. There was definitely a time, the first few weeks, where I was battling in my brain with how much do I really want to change who I am, and uh, how much do I want to change the my promo style and match style and things like that. But then, as time has gone on, specifically uh, working with a guy like like MJF, it's been it's been beautiful because he is so um, intense and in your face. There's very little of myself that I actually do have to change and, and realizing that when I was out with this injury, um, uh, people missed the Adam Cole that they saw, um, and the Adam Cole that they know uh, after, a, after a decade. So um, again, as, as time goes on, it's been really, really fun. I'm enjoying this new chapter, this new challenge of my career, and, and I think the audience is too.
0: Matt, you are someone, uh, the whole precipice of this podcast was your serial reinventor. In wrestling, and you have had success, and you're one of a few people who have had success as a babyface and a heel. What kind of advice would you have for a guy like Adam Cole or any wrestler out there who's trying to find their footing in that new role or that new side of the spectrum as a character?
1: It uh, sounds like you're charging me with a crown there, serial yeah. reinventor. <laughs> It sounds like three to five years. Um, no, I mean, the, the 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 best advice I would give anyone is just like in, in wrestling you have to change you have to evolve because like not only does your skills change during the year uh, or your physical abilities diminish diminish as you once uh, once acknowledged yes. uh, you, you know you you constantly change now and then. Uh, And and even if you're still in your prime doing it, sometimes you have to tweak things a little bit and like take your character in a different direction because if you watch any TV show, you know, right? uh, There's going to be conflict in the series and that's very important. And characters have to change. They have to grow. They have to evolve because if someone just stays the same the whole while and never changes, it gets boring and people don't want to see it anymore. So it's very important that you always tweak your character. And me, from my aspect, I mean, whenever... I was first doing the hardy boys gig and we were team extreme that's much more jeff than me you know I, I i could do it then i was young i was healthy and i i did i used to do 450s and i would do moonsaults to the floor all the yeah. time all kinds of shit right oh yeah you know so i i could do it but that was more jeff that was jeff's wheelhouse not mine once i got to split from jeff and i did man hardy version one the sense of magnitude being an over the top larger than life like half-ass delusional character that's where i feel like i was at my best you know and that was so much fun for me to do and that added another layer and it's something else i could pull out later then we came back we obviously did hardy boys again and then when i went to ring of honor i knew when i first worked with him i was like oh my god these these people are going to hate me it's going to be so easy i mean and i could go with that whole big deal like i'm a big WWE superstar i've been on that tv programming for 14 years you guys aren't shit you're ring of honor nobody knows who you are if i get off a plane on any continent in the world, don't know who I am because right. I'm a big deal. So th- that was very easy. And you just kind of roll with the punches it's, it, it, and you have to be very, I think you have to be very aware and familiar with whatever your audience is. And then we were talking about how the style changed like in Ring of Honor, TNA, everything else. And like it, work rate became a bigger deal then, right? You yeah. know, Especially you look into that Ring of Honor roster in 2012, 2013, 2014, look where those guys are now. Look where Kevin and Sammy are, and look where you're at. Look where the Bucks are at. Whenever I did Broken Man Hardy, I said, okay, well, let me try something different. I'm gonna go the complete opposite direction. I'm not gonna do this high work rate. I'm gonna do like a high character work rate. And and it's gonna be all about character. It's gonna be a throwback to the old days of pro wrestling, the Papa Shango days, the Undertaker days. And and fortunately, I was able to half-ass make that work, you know, and that, that was great. Could and have I, been
2: timed more perfectly Yeah, at that in that era of yeah. wrestling. It was yeah. so perfect.
1: So so, so, perfect. so that worked out real good. And 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 part of my reason for even putting Jeff with me was like to slow Jeff down because Jeff didn't yeah. Jeff felt like he owed a fan a whisper in the wind every single match. I owe them a swanton. It's like, dude, you know, you're Jeff Hardy, you're a rock star. They they want to see you. You don't you don't owe them that every single match, you know. So once he did Brother Nero. He was very unsure of it at first when I said he couldn't come off the top rope anymore. And I had all these steps for him, right? You know, once I, I owned him or I owned the Hardy brand. Yeah. And uh, it, it was so great because Jeff was very unsure of it at first. But then, like, after he did it for, like, a month or so, he was loving it. He oh, was all about yeah, it. I like, right? I like this Brother Nero stuff. It's <laughs> a lot easier.
0: Let's take a quick pause here, Matt Hardy. It is great to see Adam Cole Bebe back in the pro wrestling ring. And I'm sure he's feeling better than ever. And I think I got away that all our friends here at The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy can feel better than ever. And that's with our pals over at AG1. How's AG1 making you feel better every day, Matt?
1: When I drink my AG1s first thing in the morning, it jumpstarts my day. And it, it really uh, it helps me up my intensity. It ups my workout. Uh, tonight, it's going to help me uh, beat the uh, ass boys' asses.
0: <laughs> beat some ass boy ass with ag one i don't think that's part of their tagline but it may as well be because we know there are tons of different supplements out there for people to try i have no doubt matt hardy that the ass boys are the type of guys that they, they go to the drugstore they go to the gym and they just buy every single supplement they can because they think it's going to help them get in the best shape possible y- you know those gym bros i'm talking about right Of course, but,
1: because they're moon calves john <laughs> they're, they're moon calves you know a smart Educated, intellectual human being, much like myself, we just drink AG1s and we get it all in
0: one scoop. Because that's exactly the best part about AG1. AG1 is a great bang for your buck because it replaces a lot of those other supplements like a daily multivitamin, minerals, pre and probiotics for all your gut health, adaptogens and greens, all literally in one scoop of powder, it just goes right into your water. You can have your own water bottle, or you can use the one that they're going to provide you too. It's just one scoop every single day. That is a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps build your health foundation first. It is a comprehensive foundational nutrition that you're going to need every single day. 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients that, quite frankly, Matt Hardy, I can't think of any other reason why you would want to put anything in your body other than AG1 to start your day. So here's how we're going to help you out. Okay, ready for this? If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get how many free AG1 travel packs, Matt Hardy? Five,
1: Cinco, five, Cinco, five free? Travel
0: packs And a free one year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com forward slash hardy. Again, that is drinkag1.com forward slash hardy. Check it out. <laughs> I think there's a really interesting conversation to dig into there, then about finding that balance of storytelling and in-ring action as well. That's such a big part of pro wrestling discourse today, especially with a company like AEW, where AEW doesn't shy away from being for the hardcore wrestling fans. That is AEW's audience. But then you'll also have the critics who say, oh, well, I want to see more story. I want to see more stories that span the course of several months. Adam Cole, I'd love to hear your perspective on all of that. What kind of balance do you believe should be struck in pro wrestling today? And how do you go about tackling that with your work? Well, I
2: think, like you had mentioned, uh, that word balance, I think, is is probably the most important thing. You know, of course, I don't, I don't think necessarily every single match on a wrestling card needs to be filled with a six-month storyline. Uh, but at the same time, having uh, certain feuds or certain angles that have been in development for a super long time, of again, six, nine months, a year. That is very compelling and very interesting. But sometimes I really like short little angles as well, where where it's like two to three weeks and then it's over. So, and I I kind of treat that the same with myself in the sense of, I know that not every program I'm going into is gonna be a super long one. Some of them are gonna be shorter than others. and, And the conflicts need to be different Uh, from the last one that I had. So that's been the fun thing about about this process of coming back, is with me being gone for nine months with my two back-to-back head injuries, it's a very real story that the audience is totally aware of. So that was such an easy story to tell because, again, it's all 100% true. And now, as time goes on, the, the beautiful thing about being in AEW is there are so many guys that I haven't had the chance to work with. So all the stories are going to be so, so different. Um, it, it's been really, really fun. I, I, but I love the combination of both. Sometimes I love uh, just a random thrown together match just to have a good match and have a good time on TV. Uh, and then other times I really, really love the long, drawn out, compelling storylines.
0: I guess I'll follow up then by asking about the Elite because Matt and I have talked about this. And you know Matt is one of the biggest Young Bucks proponents out there. I think when I watch the Young Bucks, they are top of the tier storytellers in pro wrestling. They make mention of small story beats and they incorporate that into their work, but they don't work the traditional (laughs) style that, you know, Matt Hardy grew up watching with the Macho Man and guys like that. What have you learned from them throughout your time with them in the last decade, decade and a half about incorporating storytelling and mixing it with the modern style? I, I think the the biggest thing to
2: me is like when I first started, um, at least some of the people that I were around, or there was this, um, perception that, uh, it, generally the audience is not going to pay attention to every little detail that you decide that you want to tell them, um, and that always confused me because I love, but some of my favorite TV shows are very detail-oriented. Some of my favorite wrestling <clears throat> matches were very detail-oriented, whether it's like a body part being worked on or a or an angle that's going on. Uh, and, and the Bucks were so adamant about making sure that they planted all these little seeds constantly to, to build up to these matches, where lots of times, but one of my favorite things about watching them, not just as their friend, but as a fan, is they will do something as simple as like a, a, a head turn or a shaking your head yes, and the entire audience will react like they just hit a double 450 to the outside through two tables. Like, they're, they're so awesome about showing you things that you've never seen before in a wrestling ring, having these unbelievably athletic matches, compelling matches that the audience is completely invested in, but not just because of the moves that they're doing, but again, because of the story they're telling, their body language, their facial expressions, their, their attention to detail is second to none. Um, and I think they've shown how important and how influential that can be. It's, it's certainly something I've noticed and one of the reasons me and so many others love watching them.
0: Any thoughts on that, Matt?
1: Uh, I mean, I agree with that. And as he was saying too, even we're talking about details. Uh, right before we got on air here, we were talking about favorite TV shows and we mentioned Breaking Bad, yep. which Breaking Bad had like, an incredibly small, minute detail that yep, you sure watch and pick up on, and it would be paid off later. Yep. Which I love that so much, and I, I love that about modern pro wrestling as well. That you you can do that, and the diehard fans watch so closely they'll pick up on that, and and you can bring it back. Mm-hmm. It's a nice Easter egg. Um, I, I do agree. I, I think the under. Uh, I think the young bucks too. Once again, very underrated for their ability to be performers characters and and evoke emotion, you know, because people just think of them and they go, Oh, spot monkeys. They just do flips. They just do that. They're not They're They're very, they're great. They're great at what they do and, and they won't get the credit they deserve until they're, they're done with pro wrestling.
2: Yep. You're probably right.
0: Matt, you made the jump from WWE to AEW in 2020. Adam Cole would follow about a year and a half later. He was one of the biggest free agents in the pro wrestling world. What was that like for you, Matt, to see a guy of his caliber make the jump, come in and shake things up for a while there?
1: I mean, first and foremost, I mean, now being team AEW, we knew it was a great get for AEW. And on top of that, I have uh, a huge liking and respect for Adam. So it was it was great to know he's going to be back around. We're going to be working together again.
0: Adam, that night, all out 2021 just in my opinion and especially having been there i thought it was one of the greatest pro wrestling shows i've ever been to you coming out there brian making his debut afterwards it's an all-time wrestling segment that people will remember for a long time can you take us through what those last few moments were like before you stepped through that curtain and how fans ultimately received all that
2: yeah, yeah. So um, up until recently, when I was able to come back and announce that I was going to be able to return uh, to the ring when I, when I was gone from my injury, that night at All Out was probably my favorite night of my wrestling career. I mean, the, just the whole process of like flying in uh, the night before to a totally different city and then getting picked up and being driven two hours to the building and w- while the show was going on and hiding in a trailer the entire time and uh, just a few people coming in to say hello and then being walked to the stage. I, re- I remember at one point is I knew I was gonna come out there after the main event, which was Kenny Omega and, and Christian. And I remember the match had ended and Kenny's in the ring cutting this promo and I'm pacing back and forth in this trailer going, no one's got me yet, no no one's grabbed me yet. Am I supposed to go out soon? What's-? And then finally someone came in, I'm just a <clears throat> nervous wreck. And, and I get there, and obviously I'm seeing a bunch of the talent who, who didn't know I was there. We did a pretty pretty darn good job of keeping it secret. And uh, I, I remember just standing there, and uh, for me, I get so fired up every single time. So I had my eyes shut, and I was just breathing heavy, but my, my legs were like uncontrollably shaking. I had so much adrenaline in my body. I was so excited. And then, you're of course, in your mind, you're going... God, I hope they're excited because at the same time, there was a lot of rumors about about Brian Danielson. So I'm like, are they going to be like, oh, crap, we got Adam Cole instead. All right. <laughs> well, we'll take it. so uh, I was nervous about that as well. Uh, but but the, the crowd response was amazing. It was so cool to be back in the ring with with Kenny and the Bucks. Um, it, it, that was one of those. I know we talked about this earlier, but that was one of those nights after Brian had come down where even out there, I was like, oh, this was
0: really special. Sound familiar, Matt Hardy, that whole process there?
1: Uh, yes, it's very reminiscent of WrestleMania 33, yes. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, you guys are kindred spirits in yeah. that sense. Uh, Adam Cole, what's your favorite version of Matt Hardy? What's your favorite Matt Hardy gimmick?
2: Oh, God. I I, I, I think I am going to go version one Matt Hardy okay. with with, with, uh, with the, the uh, Mattitude facts as well. I mean, just the, the with you and, and Shannon, I thought were yeah. such a great unit as well. But I also, God, I loved Team Extreme, Matt. I love Broken Matt Hardy. I love ROH Matt Hardy, the guy that I fought and the guy that I teamed with. Um, This is a, I I really do mean this answer. I love every single version of Matt Hardy. I I really, really do. Uh, There's never been a version of Matt Hardy I I didn't like, both professionally and personally.
0: Not everyone loves single Matt Hardy, but that's another podcast for another time (laughs) there. I mean, Matt, that's, that's pretty high praise there. From Adam Cole. So hypothetically speaking, if Adam Cole were part of the broken universe, how would you have incorporated him?
1: Oh, boy. Um, that, 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 would, that would have been interesting, for sure. It, it, uh, a, a, a broken Adam Cole would actually yeah. be an interesting character. I hadn't even that would really
2: be thought about that. maybe yeah. I mean, part would be... of
0: the elite deletion, perhaps, at some point in some capacity? I mean, so uh,
1: uh, yeah, too sweet or delete. That's what uh, Jeff, <laughs> sorry,
0: Jeff. Too sweet or delete. Sorry, yeah,
1: Jeff still pushes for that, and he says we got to do that too sweet or delete somewhere. <laughs> so I don't think they really do too <laughs> sweet nowadays. Um, but yeah, the the uh ha- having a, a match with the Young Bucks and having a, an Adam Cole thing, maybe even where he sided with the Bucks at first, but then somehow he got dumped into the lake, and then he came back out as the Ring of Honor Hill Adam Cole, Ooh. and then he betrayed the Bucks. That'd you know, be maybe fun. Maybe, Maybe we could utilize that in, in some
2: capacity. That would be fun. That would be fun.
0: I'm I'm into that. I think that'd be that'd be great. Uh, I mean this has been a, a great conversation with Adam Cole here. Uh, Matt, anything else you want to throw his way?
1: Uh no, man. Uh just once again, uh very grateful to have you here. This was such a fun chat, just kind of sitting here and it feels like we're just kind of catching up, but we're recording it. Right. Uh and just kind of you know talking shop. But no, I'm very excited to see where. Where he goes in the future, especially in this program with MJF, and I, I would like to see Adam Cole be the AEW champion at some point. Thanks, Matt.
2: Yeah, and I, I do, I do just want to say uh, one more time, um, and Matt, you know I feel this way, but um, just for everybody, I, I promise you, uh, the Adam Cole that I am now would not be the same guy if it wasn't for Matt. He's he's it never gives himself enough credit for how much he's helped me and, and so many other people. But uh, I love you professionally thank and you. personally, and just uh, yeah, thank you for everything Same
0: over here, the man. Years. Love you too, yeah, dude. Thank you, sure. man. You got it. thank you. Adam Cole, baby, love to hear it. Thanks for hopping on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with us, my friend. Appreciate you uh, and everything you do for the wrestling industry. And best wishes as you deal with that pain in the ass that is MJF going forward. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm gonna just, need it. I'm ready for MJF to get the. Boom! boom.
2: (laughs) Right to the back, right to the back.
0: What a great conversation with Adam Cole there, Matt. Uh, What was your biggest takeaway from it?
1: I mean, once again, if if you've never seen Adam Cole the person, how genuine, how refreshingly kind and generous he is. I mean, you you saw him right here, and uh, that's something that is that I still really respect about him. It's something I also admire about him and that he has the ability to be such a genuine, nice, kind person, but then he can go out there and he can turn it up and be as big of a dickhead as you want when he becomes a heel in the ring. But it's just very refreshing to have someone who is a legitimate good guy. He's a legitimate good guy.
0: One of my favorite guys in the industry today. And I think it's very cool hearing about the influence that you had on him and in contrast, the influence that he had on you at that very pivotal Time in your career. That is very, very cool. Next week, Matt Hardy, we are going to be doing Ask Matt Anything. I know you love your Ask Matt Anythings. You can get in on that. All you gotta do, guys, we're gonna put a little graphic up. We're gonna put a post up and we're gonna say, send in your questions. Hashtag ask Matt, you send them to us. Matt Hardy answers them. What what do you what do you love those episodes, Matt? Because you've mentioned that on many times to me that these are some of your favorites.
1: Uh, I mean that they're they're enjoyable to me because you never know what you're gonna get. It's almost like you're reaching in a hat and you, you pull out a, a piece of paper and then you you get asked this question and then you get to answer it I, I love it because it it's just very spur of the moment and uh, and, and I, I love just being hit with a question and then trying to be present in the moment and just think in the moment and then answer it and I feel like usually your best answer comes out with your gut reaction. so I enjoy those that's why
0: And if anyone has any suggestions for topics, we're always open to listening to them because now no one's yelling at me for getting a Gilbert Hardy episode anymore. So if you have any others out there, please let us know. We'd love to tackle it. And sometimes it's those surprise episodes that you're not expecting, like Kevin Owens. Uh, Those are some of the best ones that we end up coming up with. So please let us know. Uh, what you'd like to see and if you'd like to become part of the extreme life of Matt Hardy brand head on over to advertise with promote your business or your product to the extreme get in front of thousands of listeners and viewers every single week, but the extreme life of Matt Hardy advertise with Hardy dot com is the place that you want to go to to. Join our little team here at the Extreme Life. Matt, anything else you'd like to add? We got Forbidden Door coming up. We got Dynamite coming up. We got All Collision, everything. It's just crazy out there right now. Anything else you want to throw out there?
1: Uh, no, it, it is an exciting week, though. You know, big Dynamite, big Collision, big Forbidden Door. So uh, it's it's going to be a big week for AW. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh, Canada, that's all I got to say here. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on the Extreme Life. I'm Matt Hart adiós